0: You have found the Open Eclectic Podcast, where Nate and Josh talk about everything from mobile games to books to pet peeves to cars to toys. Our interests run eclectic and we're open to more. Welcome to the Open Eclectic.
1: All right. <laughs> well, welcome, friends, comrades not said lovers but no that's it that depends on the it dep- depends on the type of love you know probably not a lot of you know whatever the the Philadelphia cream cheese and the brotherly agape and whatever else the other <laughs> ones are you know so it could technically be yeah brotherly lovers but that just sounds weird. Yeah, we just like walk go around and we'll be like, "Sup, yeah, this is my friend Josh. We're we're lovers." I'll be like, "What? Oh, no, 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 not like that. No, we're you know we're lover- brotherly love. You know the the, the brotherly love. <laughs> just having to like explain that to people all the time. That'd be a great premise for a show. It it wouldn't go It wouldn't go very far.
0: It would be. So there's that. There's an episode of. Doctor Who, where uh, the Doctor is trying to describe his friend, uh, but the woman that he's talking to thinks that, uh, and it's James Corden,
1: mm-hmm. it
0: is his like, you know, spouse, boyfriend, husband, or whatever, and so she's like trying to, she's like really encouraging, like, oh, you know, whatever, whatever you guys call it is fine, love, I'm okay with it, and he's like, do you think companions an appropriate <laughs> word? And she was like, well, most people say partner, and he's just. Talking about you know James Corden like their friends an and item. this woman is definitely thinking oh, that they're a spaz. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, is James Corden like the late night host guy? Yeah. So he was on uh, so far two episodes of Doctor. Like recently Who. or is this like um, again? He's uh, he was an actor before he was.
1: I've heard know, the he's kind guy. of a jerk. Like he's that was not, a while like, ago. People don't. So, yeah. The hive mind of Reddit anyway doesn't seem to like him. He was also in Cats, the new Cats movie.
0: Pretty really? much
1: everybody is a mistake. Well, that was a mistake. Being, made a in, mistake for
0: being in that. They're not a yeah. mistake, but you know, that's harsh. Some of them might have been. I don't know. It's possible. I didn't see it. I saw like an ad for it when the TV was on mute and I was like, I am going to make a point to not watch that. It looked really, I've heard, I've read a lot that he was not
1: good, but the whole thing just looked really kind of disturbing. Like CGI, you know, when it was all just practical effects, like, you know, I, I haven't seen the old one. Or did they, there was, was there actually a movie or was it just like musical that?
0: I, I'm not sure. I heard they, I heard they dipped really hard into like the uncanny valley yeah, yeah, yeah. too much and they should have either like fully committed to CG or practical, but because they married them together really well, but it, it also made it look like they didn't marry them together well enough at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's and like, that just uh, it. why
1: couldn't they have just done it like practical effects again. I don't know. Because they had to... They had needed an excuse to spend a ton of money on CGI. I don't know. Just...
0: I guess. (sighs) This has just gone full animated, in my opinion.
1: Like... Traditional animated or computer... Like... Don't care. Either. Stick figures? Do that?
0: I feel like that would work. That'd be really funny. I think based on the reviews... I've heard that stick figure cats would have been better. Yeah, than whatever, whatever that, was. that was.
1: And they had so many like big names in it. It was just like, huge. Wasn't like Helen Mirren in it and Taylor Swift and. Yeah. Yeah. Other people. It, it was Idris Elba in it? Uh, I, That sounds right. That sounds. Yeah. You know, okay. So speaking of Idris Elba, I know that he's been connected to the James Bond franchise in the past. I don't know what's going on with that. But I saw a headline today that said Dwayne the Rock Johnson wants to be Bond because one of his relatives played a villain in one of the old Bond movies. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, that's cool. But then I'm like thinking, I'm like, I don't think that The Rock could pull off Bond. I just... Would he be an American Bond or would he try to do an accent? Or, I mean, it you can't be an American Bond. Can The Rock I, do an accent? He he does the rock. He does The Rock.
0: His own, yeah. The closest to an accent he's done is when he, in his wrestling days, he actually had a little bit of like a Shatner cadence going on. Oh. <laughs> so he'd be like, you know, can you smell what The Rock is cooking? And it had this just different beat to it. Um, which I'm glad he doesn't do in every movie now yeah. I think he's too I think he's too big. Yes, I think he's too American. Yes. And I think uh, it, Trevor Noah in one of his stand-up routines talked about why there can't be a white. no, sorry, why there why Bond has to be white really? okay. Um, and yeah, and he was like, you need the whole point is that James Bond can go anywhere, blend in with any crowd you know he dresses up and suddenly he's posh dresses down and suddenly he's like you know thug and rough or whatever um and and no matter where you go there's white people and he was talking about how like he didn't realize it until he was in oh man ireland maybe or a european you know one of the smaller european nations i guess Mm mm-hmm uh, and he was like, and you looked around and he's like, and I realized that there was no black people None So could you imagine, like, Idris Elba He was like, I was really excited when I heard that he might be playing James Bond uh, But then I realized That if he's trying to get away from, like, the thugs In that part of, the, part of the world He'll be, like, running down the street Be like, okay, I think I lost him And everybody's gonna be like, yeah, he went that way <laughs> Because he's, like the, He'd be the only oh. ethnic person oh, In the man. country at that time, basically And I was like you know, that's kind of an interesting, I don't know. I've never been there. I don't know what the, you know, diversity is like, but still, that's like a, not an invalid point, unfortunately. Interesting. But I think, I, you know, I think we're ready also. Yeah, I think I if, s- uh, yeah
1: for sure. I saw like uh, some list of a bunch of different options and I wanted to say they had like, they were like, saying, like, like some women could be... could play Bond. Like, uh, you know, I think there was a black woman, white woman, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. That would be interesting. Sure. I mean, I'm I mean, sure... Why not? They can make whatever... Whomever they decide to cast, like, uh... I mean... Sorry, might hear my clickety-clack keyboard.
0: Um... I think if they're gonna I think I think a woman bond would be kind of a mistake um I think if they want to do a woman spy like like start start another franchise like I think that's an awesome idea to have a female spy and follow her exploits as a woman because women and men stereotypically approach things somewhat differently um although I suppose that's becoming less the line between them if it's become you know, much more blurred uh, in the last several years. But uh, I still think that being a woman unlocks certain doors that being a man doesn't and vice versa. So I think it'd be a lot cooler to have like uh, a female counterpart, if you will, that's not James Bond, not Jane Bond, but is whatever, you know? And and it could even be part of the Bond franchise where she could be like 004 or something. I would I would like to see that, I think. Also because then it gives you massive, like, crossover potential to have, like, a cool, uh, like, Buddy Bond movie.
1: So, I'm looking at this article, and I can send it to you to peruse. That's saying that a female is going to take on his number, like, 007. Oh, okay. Um, Nomi, what does it say? Uh... No. Sorry. Lashana Lynch will take on Agent 007's role as Nomi after James Bond is sentenced to exile. Spoiler! I don't know what... Interesting. But, so this is from last... This article's from last year. It says, She would be the star of No Time to Die, but I'm pretty sure that I saw Daniel Craig in the in the in, the in the trailers for that so she's in the movie yeah. i just let you know in the cast she's in the movie but okay maybe it's just because i haven't seen it maybe i'm just getting confused here like it says he's sentenced to exile so maybe in the course of the movie he, he must get exiled and she takes over 007 or something i'm that that makes sense right
0: that could be I think so. So that's
1: not saying that she's going to be like James Bond, or she's going to take on the main, you
0: know, role or whatever. Um, she could. Yeah. I could see them like leaving Daniel Craig in exile, and um, then just somebody else assumes the number, and it's a different name, different person.
1: So okay, so here's so Daniel Craig was. This is a more recent article from September this year. He was asked. Or there, he was being asked about a female playing, you know, playing that role, and he's like, "There should be better parts for women and actors of color. Why should a woman play James Bond when there should be a part just as good as James Bond, but for a woman?" Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he says he's a male character. He's written as a male. I think he'll probably stay as a male, and that's fine. We don't have to turn male characters into women. Let's just create more female characters and make the story fit those female characters.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely.
1: Rosamund Pike, who was a Bond girl in 2002's Die Another Day, has expressed similar sentiments. I think the character James Bond is a man. He is, he is really... Why not make a kick-ass female agent in her own right? Hmm. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm behind in my Bond watching, but I need to rectify that. I would like to watch the last two i haven't seen
0: i think i'm behind one still. last
1: one i saw was skyfall so i'm missing uh god what the heck is it it was on the tip of my specter specter and Spectre. then okay. and then this one on no time to die so
0: gotta watch them yeah they're pretty good i mean it's just kind of uh i don't know you you watch some of the Connery and the the Timothy Dalton era especially, and it's almost um, it's this kind of really cool blend of like zany gadget in some ways um, with with semi realistic seeming spy stuff. Yeah, um, and and that's still like I love Daniel Craig, but he's if I'm being honest, he's still my number two Bond. Uh, no one, no one will beat the O.G. Sean Connery. Um, To the point that I accept as my own head canon that The Rock is actually a James Bond movie.
1: Oh, because Connery's in
0: it? Because Connery's in it. They never say what his name was or what he did for MI6 uh, or like British Intelligence. Are you sure they didn't say what his name was? Just that he did stuff. Yeah, well, they gave him like some name and they were like, oh, it's probably an alias Uh, or something. And they made it sound like, well, this is what we're going to call him. But who knows what his name is? and then uh, yeah and then there's like a there's a fantastic you know subreddit somewhere about about why he is and there's like a lot of stuff that builds and i'm like that i'm i that i'm on board
1: i would like I to read that i don't know if it's intentional i don't care the rock is i will okay. find it and send it Cause to you cuz the rock is is awesome it's great just fun just totally 90s action movie you know, I know we watched, yep. you know, Face Off recently. <laughs>
0: Should we talk uh, about that? Oh, uh, yeah, I, so... I guess we
1: could, yeah. Uh, you know, I would definitely we... say that The Rock is, like, at least ten times better than Face Off. I
0: think um, I think I agree with that to a point. I think I would agree with that to a point, but I think it's just kind of – okay, the movie The Rock is ten times better than Face Off. I- I'm on board with this, uh, but I think that both movies represent Nicolas Cage at his best. Yes,
1: I will. You know, Cage is, yeah, he is excellent in at
0: being Nicolas Cage in both of those. Yeah, but uh, and the ability to turn your own like idiosyncrasies and Nick Cageness up to 11 in face-off. Mm-hmm. That was probably the most, one of the most impressive things for him and John Travolta to just be like, we're going to just, we're going to go for it all the way. Nothing held back. So, okay. So I think we should
1: watch, so we watch face-off. I think we should watch the rock and we should also watch broken arrow, which is a Travolta Christian Slater combo. From the Ooh. '90s, so it's the same kind of, you know, in the same okay. vein. Um, Wait, as which? Well, just the '90s action. Or it was just, you know, over the over the top. Ah, okay. You know, kind of corny action stuff. And then Con Air. You seen that? We should watch. Oof. Oh, no. you haven't seen Con Air? Oh, no, because that's Air. Cage with a with just an awful, awful like Southern
0: accent. Put the bonnet in the box. Uh, so have you seen, I mean, if we're you know, if you got to throw John Travolta's uh, work in basic in there also. Basic, I have not seen uh, that. Yes. Uh, okay. So I'm not surprised. Is that the one it's with Demi Moore um, where she goes through the
1: seal? No, that's, sorry. That's G.I. Jane. No, that's G.I. Basic. Yeah. No, I have not seen. Not at I not. haven't seen. Actually, I haven't seen G.I. Jane either, but I haven't seen basic.
0: Basic has in addition to John Travolta, it also has uh Samuel Jackson. Um and like a bunch of familiar faces, but like I can't ever pull the actors' names out of the out of the hat. For some
1: reason I want to say
0: Michael bn is he in that? I didn't think so.
1: Full cat oh it's two thousand three. Okay. Oh well it's got it's got Travolta, Giovanni ribisi Samuel Jackson, Tay Diggs, Harry Connick Jr.
0: Uh, Margaret Travolta. Is that his like his mom? What? I'm not sure. That might be a coincidence. I don't know. Interesting. But yeah, that's a, that's a wild ride from start to finish. Not in, not the same as face off, but I think I would call them if I had like a, if I was going to like organize my shelf by like thematic and kind of, uh, I don't know what spiritual successors and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I'd put them together on the Space shelf. Face off and basic. Um nope. Yeah, nobody's face gets removed <laughs> and there's no awkward face touching, uh which you know, sorry. To just okay, right okay. Up, all right. But all right. it's very uh it's very good. Yeah. It's anyway. got
1: it's it's if for it's got Tim Daly. I don't know if you've come across him hmm. in um uh, I know you've been watching The Sopranos. Oh yeah. He is in The
0: Sopranos. Yes. Is he in The Sopranos. I must not have got there yet. I'm only I want to say I'm like halfway through season okay. three. Okay. Yeah. I think he, he comes along later. So, um,
1: so um, let's keep talking I guess let's talk about face off some more. Um, yeah. Lots of weird face touching.
0: So I had said that that was in our, in our previous episode that it is crazier than you remember. Was that accurate? Hmm.
1: Yes. Yes, it was. I think it was. It, I, I, I think I'd only seen it, like, once way back. And so it's been a long time since I've seen it. So I just kind of had, like, what little I remember and then, like, the notoriety, I guess, that it had gotten, you know, throughout the years. Like, John Woo, lots of doves, crazy Nicholas Cage, and face switching.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, it had that for sure. Sup- surprisingly well acted. Uh, just the, the idea of saying like you're going to be this character and then you're going to switch part way through because your faces get switched. So you have to act like this character acting like this character in the movie, but you're going to look like you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it it was, it's, it's fun. I, I thought it was, it was a fun movie and I don't know. It's like sometimes, maybe not sometimes, every, pretty much every time I watch like an, especially like movies that I really liked when I was younger and you know, enjoyed like back in the day. Like, but now if you watch these, like those nineties action movies, you're like, man, this is so like kind of dorky, like corny, like the music is just, it's got that like cheesy over the top, like, uh, you know, guitar riffs, you know?
0: Oh
1: yeah. You know? And you're just like, man, and, like, the, the the lines that they that they have, some of the lines they have or are, the, are just over the top. And you're just like, man. I mean, I could see why, you know, and it's like I liked it when I was, like, probably I was too young to actually be watching a movie like this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's yeah. cool.
1: And now I'm like, man, that's, I mean, it's, it's fun now, but you're like, it's almost kind of like now you, like, kind of make fun of it or something. I don't know. Did did you ever see uh, Under Siege with Steven Seagal? Uh, n- no. So that was one another one that like when I was a kid like on Sunday nights the net you know the the network TV, you know, because we didn't have cable a lot when I was a kid. So like, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS or whatever, they would always show like a movie on Sunday night, like some blockbuster movie. That had come out, you know, within the last few years, but of course it'd be edited, you know, and there'd be commercials and stuff. Um, but Under Siege is one of those movies that they had, and I like I recorded it <laughs> on a tape. Oh yeah, you know, so you so you you stop it when the when the commercials come on, and you start it when the movie comes back on, and uh, so I watched Under Siege a lot when I was a kid. And so I watched it recently because like, it was on Netflix or something. And I'm like, this one, I, it, it obviously, it's Steven Seagal, so it's going to have a bunch of corny, just, you know, corny, cringy lines in it. But it, it's a great, Under Siege is a great, great film.
0: Huh, um, okay. I don't know if I,
1: calling it a film just kind of makes it seem like I'm giving it too much credit. But like... <laughs> Okay, so listen. To this. So you got Steven Seagal, you got Gary Busey, you got Tommy Lee Jones. You had me at Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Busey. I mean, cause they just ham it up, and it is awesome. Like, I mean, you know, Busey is a, is a, is crazy, and oh, he yeah. just plays the cr- this crazy guy just awesomely, and Tommy Lee Jones also, and. uh seagal is just whatever he's just himself but this is like this is like before he turned into like this real puffy like just weird fat dude trying to do military movies like this is like seagal in like his prime and so you know you're like he's kind of
0: badass you know steven seagal yeah casey Briback, a cook a damn cook the crazy thing about Seagal is that like, even though you look at him now and you're like, he, you know, I, and you, you look at him and you think I could take him in a fight. But then you, <laughs> you you really yeah. do. Cause he just doesn't look like he's, he's got it, but you can look for videos of him at judo competitions or whatever martial art he practiced mm-hmm. and he's still got it, man. It's insane. Like. He's people are like, be like, all right, well, we'll do this and let's do like a sparring match or whatever. And he just mows through him. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. See, so he's like, you know, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I'm like, I still wouldn't want to like fight Stephen Seagal because, yeah, for sure, <laughs> um, for sure, yeah, because he's like, I mean, that was kind of his, that was his thing. Like he was, you know, he was big into like martial arts and and stuff and. Mm-hmm probably did a lot of his own stunts and or maybe all of his stunts, I don't know. Um Yeah, dude, Steve uh, Under Siege, just check it out. It's uh it's pretty awesome. They made a sequel, not as good. Uh, <laughs>
0: what?
1: So this so the first one is set on like a on a uh, on a navy ship. Okay. And the second one takes place, I believe, on a train. And I want to say the only like redeeming thing about it, I guess, I mean, obviously you get Steven Seagal. Um, I think it has, now I can't think of her name. Izzy from Grey's Anatomy. Catherine Uh, Heigl? Yeah. I want to say she is like the female lead in that. Yes, she is. She's his daughter. Oh, she plays his daughter.
0: That might be worth checking out just because I do enjoy Catherine Heigl's, uh, I
1: mean she so it came out in ninety
0: five. I
1: mean she would have She was uh, so she was like gosh she only would have been ten. Uh seventeen? was <laughs> oh, born seventy
0: eight. So that was uh one of her earlier movies.
1: Yeah. Mm hmm. Probably before well, definitely before Grey's Anatomy. Oh yeah yeah under siege 2 yeah that was so it's so so the under siege movies are kind of like a little earlier than the you know like face off um rock under siege 2 95 i I always kind of feel you know think of like 95 was like that golden era of you know of those 90s action movies um so under siege that one i think was like that was 92 okay So
0: So I watched The Hunt for Red October. Oh, yes. Which I want to say was in that that same era. um, That was like, I think that was late 80s, early 90s. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I want to, I don't know, I could be mistaken. I thought it was early 90s. I mean, Um, 89,
1: 90, 91, something like that. But yeah. yeah, Hunt for Red October is, love that movie.
0: Crazy Ivan. Right. There's some really cool cinematography in that movie for the way that they transition between languages. Yes, uh, because for those who don't know, it's it takes place on a Russian U-boat, I believe. So uh, like a Russian submarine. Uh, yeah, it's Sean a Russian. Connery, so. Sean Connery is a Russian sea captain. He's a Russian sea captain, and <laughs> <laughs> so they they transition from uh, like the languages. Like the camera just at first you're like, what's going on here? cause you don't really expect it and they're just talking in Russian and there's no like subtitles and then it zooms in on their mouth. And then when it zoom pans back out, then they're speaking in English and that's like the transition. Yep. Um, so yeah, so that was really cool. Yeah. So you're like, well, they're actually speaking
1: Russian, but we, they're, they're speaking so we can understand, but you know, for real, they're speaking Russian just right. You know. Yeah. It easier. That was, um, yeah, that was cool. And I, for some reason, Josh, I feel like we've talked about
0: this before. I'm having some déjà vu. Uh, we, you know, that might be in our lost uh, second episode uh, of We Can Pop. Okay. That that That's could very be possible. It. Okay, okay. Um,
1: yeah, Hunt for October. Great, great film. It's got uh what, Tim Tim Daly, not Tim Daly. No, sorry, That's we were it. just talking it's about got, Tim like- Daly.
0: Alec Baldwin, Sean Connery. It's Tim Curry.
1: Totally different. Tim he's, Curry. He's the political officer on board the submarine. Yeah, so Hunt for an October, great book also. And uh if you you know, if if you wanna if you fancy a little Clancy <laughs> <laughs> There's no that such one thing as a little Clancy. Yeah, if you fancy eight hundred pages of Clancy. Um
0: I tried to read Clancy once yeah yeah it didn't go well
1: i think i read hunt for out october and this one that was is one of my all-time favorite books well or it was when i read it i was i was younger so i don't know if it would still hold up but uh red storm rising hmm. so red storm rising is basically like it's basically like what a conventional you know non-nuclear world war Three would be like so oh. you know so it's you know, and Clancy, of course, you know, very all you know, all about you know military stuff and and research and so I mean it's very in depth,
0: hyper realistic.
1: Um, yes, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I found that I found uh, Red Storm Rising. Like I was in my grandparents' basement, my my uh, visit you know visiting grandparents, and it was a tub of books. That belonged to my to my grandpa, and I found that in there. and I'm like, oh, this looks cool, and read it. And I was like, man, this is awesome, because I was I was totally into all that military stuff back when I was a kid. So probably shouldn't have been another one of those. I probably shouldn't have been reading that at that age. But you know,
0: that's like the weird thing of like uh, I don't know. When I was a kid, I watched all kinds of rated R movies and stuff. Me and too. Like now, I'm um, uh, you know, I'm like uh, show that to. I was like, maybe I should watch this first just in case it's one of those crazy movies that like, seems okay now because I look back and I only remember the certain bits. Uh, and there's been a few movies that I've done that with. Uh, and then there's been a few movies that uh, I didn't review before showing them to Martin. Uh, and we watched, uh, for example, we watched Coach Carter with uh, my son and daughter and uh, love the movie. It's great. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of like heavy stuff that happens in that movie you know there's drugs and drug dealings and shootings and um you know lots of racial epithets and stuff that that happen and it's very what i picture is very realistic um so it's fine but at the same time like after we watched that all together i was like oof probably should have waited for my daughter at least maybe martin giving him one more year but oh, so did
1: well. you like try to like censor it like fast forward or you're just like no we're just gonna
0: let it roll we did at there was a point where it was like it's too late now we're just we, we gotta <laughs> let it go because we had watched remember the titans uh about yeah. a year or two before and and i and in my mind i put those two movies together um okay you know both sports movies i've a never lot seen of, coach carter Overcoming
1: racism, really? I've seen Hunt, um, no diggity. The Hunt for the
0: Hunt for the Titans, to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. classic. But that one's pretty, pretty child friendly, I would say. Um, Coach, yeah, Powell, a little less so. It earns its PG thirteen plus rating. So that's Samuel
1: L. Jackson. He's the main, the main yeah. guy. Cool. Yeah. So were they? You know, were the kids traumatized,
0: or did they have questions, uh, or? I think my daughter just didn't pick up on a lot of stuff. Uh, my son, yeah. though, he we did have some very good conversations about language and why it's important, and, and they, they actually stress that in the movie. They talk about um, – there's a scene where Samuel Jackson's he's the new coach of this high school basketball inner city team, uh, and he comes in and he insists that they all treat each other with the utmost respect, so he refers to them as sir – mr so-and-so you know that kind mm-hmm. of i don't know coachy thing i guess and so uh the one of the one of the players you know says something to retort that's you know not not very uh not very nice i don't know how to describe mm-hmm. it very well mm-hmm. uh without giving too many spoilers um but samuel jackson's like no we treat each other with respect. We don't give when we treat each other with disrespect, we're giving license to other people to treat us that way, even though we are deserving of respect and we will behave this way. And, Hmm. you know, he really raises the bar for these, for these boys. And it's good. It's great. I a hundred percent recommend coach Carter. I'm shocked that you haven't seen it, but, uh, I, it's just one of those
1: that I just, just kind of passed me by I just didn't you know never watched it so I'll have to put that on my list um so speaking of movies uh movies and your kids uh so Eric has been really into he's been wanting to like learn more about like the Titanic oh really so he's been playing this this game called Roblox I don't know if your kids have played
0: that both of them are playing and Martin's super into bed wars bed wars the goal is to go around and break the other team's beds <laughs> I don't know what to say man Ooh, okay <laughs> we'll
1: have to we'll have to uh, have to add them uh, have to all they'll have to all be friends yeah um so he's been playing that so you know what it's like I mean there's all these many different you know games you can play and, and so one of them that he is was really into which he always wants me to play with him I'm like man I just n-. I'm like this is boring. It's, it's called Sinking Ship, and there's a bunch of different, you know, versions of it, and basically what it is is, like, you spawn in the world, and and then you're on, like, the shore, and there then you can pick, like, these spawn points on a ship, so you'd be like, I want to go to the engine room, or I want to go to the captain's quarters, and so then you, you walk on this little square, and you teleport to there on this ship, and then the ship starts to sink, So it fills with water, obviously, you know, slowly like tilts whatever direction. And, and, and I guess the goal is to survive the longest, like, like these ones where he's like, daddy, play sinking ship. And I'm like, okay. So I get on and, and I'm like, I just go and stand on the, on the tippy, you know, the the front of the boat. And I'm just like, yep, sinking. sinking. (laughs) And then it sinks. And then like, it sinks and then either when you hit the water, you either like you just you know fall apart and die like Roblox characters do, or you swim back to shore and then you start all over again. Uh, you know, whatever. That's funny. Um, one of them though was is a mo- is like is modeled on is the Titanic, and so they you know there's a lot of like role playing stuff that goes in you know or that can go into these Roblox games, I think, and you know, so they're all like you know they have they have the the sad violin music and and all that (laughs) stuff so so he started asking questions about titanic and so um you know we showed him like a clip from the movie you know the james cameron titanic movie Mm. heart will go on you know that oh yeah we showed him the scene like when the when they see the iceberg and it hits the iceberg and then like the sinking and and so um wanda and i decided to show him the whole movie this weekend Oh, did ya? But we're like, okay. So I'm like, before we're like, okay. I, I was like, I was like it's on, it's on Netflix. So I'm like, we could watch it. I'm like you know, there are you know that one scene we should skip past, right? Um, you you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Um, there's actually you a draw couple me scenes. like one of your French girls. Yeah. And she <laughs> that's literally what she says. <laughs> I want you to draw me like one of your French girls, wearing this, and nothing else. We're like, like, yes, fast forward. Right. So we skip past that. And then, you know, there's actually, you know, then there's the part in the car, which we had to fast forward to that. But, you know, like you're talking about Coach Carter, it's like, uh, you know, there's actually, you know, quite a bit of, you know, got some, the swearing's not terrible. You know, there's mostly kind of like, you know, veggie,
0: not not quite veggie because it's not really veggie because it's,
1: you know, taking the Lord's name in vain.
0: A, in titanic yeah, yeah it's pretty language wise it's reasonable
1: i mean yeah whatever it was, PG, it was pg-13 i'm pretty sure and um yeah <laughs> not it, for it's, language it, yeah no you know and it's you know so there's that and we'd be like that's a bad word don't say that <laughs> but you know there's heavy stuff in there too because it's like not only is there a you know a suicide attempt not you know kind of a, a pretty half-hearted ish one, I guess. Yeah, I guess, kind of. And now, I mean, whatever. I mean, was she gonna do it? Was she not? You know. So there's that, and then, and then there, you know, spoilers. There actually is one. Like we were watching it, like didn't even see this coming, and then all of a sudden, you know, the the you remember like, um, when like, the boat's about to sink, and there's that that officer that had made that deal with Billy Zane, like, Oh yeah. uh, He gave him a bunch of money and is like, Oh, get, you know, get me on this boat. He's like, we had a deal. And then the officer shoots like two guys and kills them. And then, and then like, we didn't even like see it coming. And then, so, so you see that and we're like, Oh yeah, I shot those guys. I shouldn't do that. And then, then the dude like consumed with guilt and grief he shoots himself, and he yep. falls in the
0: water. There's a lot of heavy Eric- stuff in that movie.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, not to mention just, you know, the, the, the disaster and the, the dying and freezing yeah. and all that. On um, top of that. But yeah, I'm like, it, that I didn't see that one come. I was like, oh, like, as it was happening, I'm like, oh, no, he's going to do it. Oh, God, what are we going to do?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and
1: then he's, Eric's just like,
0: why did that guy kill himself? And we're like, oh, he felt bad for killing those people. Yeah. We tried to, in, in, uh, coach Carter, you know, afterwards we talked about language and stuff and, you know, of course my kids, um, are, I don't know. I don't know. Reasonably sheltered. We try to introduce them to age appropriate things, Mm -hmm. you know? So Martin like hasn't really seen any like rated R movies, probably the most action-packed stuff he's seen is star wars or maybe marvel mm-hmm. um yeah but when we watched coach carter he was so he was like well why were why were they allowed to talk like that at all you know why were they allowed to use bad words and, and swear words and stuff like that doesn't make any sense to him or um and there's a scene because it's an inner city school there's a scene where they're coming in and they have to go through metal detectors
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he was like shocked and couldn't understand why he was like but they're kids and we were like yeah mm-hmm. I know, and that's – I said this isn't something that's uh, – we just use it as a springboard for him because thankfully he's old enough to have these conversations now where we were like, you know, this is, this is what it's like in some places. You know, you're fortunate that your school doesn't have metal detectors when you come in. You're fortunate yep. that your school doesn't have this or that and that, you know, um, that you have these different expectations, but for a lot of places this is – you know yeah. high, grade school and high school really are glory days. And then after that, it's like you try and scrape a living and it's, it's a, it's a bleak existence. And so, you know, talked about why it was Im- so important that they learned the lessons that the coach was trying to teach them and that kind of thing. And yep. so it was, it turned, we, we kind of turned around for him and it ended up being really good. Um, we're yep. not ready for Titanic yet. We've, we've decided, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I guess you know, he uh um I he had he had some trouble sleeping after watching that. So I do you know, so Juan and I were like,
0: maybe mm, that was a little too much. Yeah. Um, Does he do pretty good? I mean, I don't talk to talk to him a lot, you know. We're not I don't know. You guys aren't buds. Not no, not at hang the moment. Out. You know. It <laughs> could change. We'll see what the future brings of course. But uh you know, we I I started watching uh, the animated Avatar: The Last Airbender with the kids. You know, mm-hmm. years ago now. Jeez, um, like three or four. Um, but there is there are some heavy episodes uh, in the show. Uh, mm-hmm. If you haven't watched it, I actually do highly recommend it. It's a short show. Each episode is like okay. it was like thirty minutes with commercials. So uh, only three seasons. Uh, okay, and it's it's just it's just like a lot of cool stuff but there's a lot of opportunities to talk about um expectations and like morality um so the avatars this the character of the avatar is supposed to bring like peace to the four kingdoms um and there's like a magic system in it they call bending uh you could fire bend earth bend water bend air bend Um, and the fire nation has aggressively taken over and is kind of, you could equate it to like the empire in star Wars, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so everybody keeps telling the main character who's a kid, who's like a 11 year old child, 12, maybe, um, that they expect him to kill the fire Lord. Oh Uh, yeah. So, and they're like, well, when you defeat the fire Lord and they say defeat, you know, that's not like, they're not quite like, well, when you murder him, you know, uh, yeah because it's like
1: oh we're we just gonna play a
0: game i'm gonna beat him in a game yeah but, <laughs> but there's there's still fighting in there and you mm-hmm. know the main character is like a vegetarian and he he just tries really hard to give people an opportunity to change and do the right thing and he tries really hard to like you know not unalive anybody mm. um but it opened up a lot of conversations about you know where your focus is and what honor is and um, the importance of that like respect and not every episode was like that some episodes are just cool and fun or whatever but a-, a lot of them we had great conversations and i was like so what do you think he's feeling right now what do you think he's feeling right now why is he doing this and uh we really i really pushed that a lot and it seemed to work pretty well um so that was huh. check it out yeah it's uh i don't know if i don't know if your are ready for that kind of thing yet but it's a fun show no uh almost no blood i mean and and it's like one episode there's like i will say i will be very upfront there's like one or two episodes where it's like that was creepy (laughs) um but the rest of the show is is a reasonably light tone but is a good springboard for those kind of conversations about like you know why do they talk like that why do they do that Mm mm-hmm okay
1: now, I've I still haven't really gotten him into Star Wars.
0: And that's why we don't talk much.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like Star Wars, Eric? No. <laughs> well, oh, whatever. Um, get out. <laughs> I'm done with you. Done with um, you. Know, well, but actually, so I did get him into this game um, on his iPad called Star Wars. And it's an Apple, as far as I know, it's an Apple exclusive because it's, um, unfortunately, because it's on their um, Apple Arcade thing. Uh-huh. Um, but it's called Star War, Lego Star Wars Battles. Okay. And it's kind of like, I don't know if you ever played, uh, I think we well, we talked about this in our mobile game episode. Um, Clash Royale is, was one of my, I think was one of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is with Lego Star Wars characters, so you're, but it's kind of the same idea like you, you gain energy and you can, then you, you play cards, like you play, you know, different units out onto the board, and it's basically who can, um, you know, who can advance on the other side and take over, you know, in the, in the time on the game, so, um, so, I mean, you know, he's getting, and he knows, you know, some of the Star Wars characters, and so he was, he's kind of getting into that. So I'm like, you know, I I tried to watch, like, the first Star, like, The Phantom Menace with him, like, a while ago, like a long time ago,
0: and he mm-hmm. wasn't into it. Interesting. Yeah, that's the one Martin started with, actually, and he for uh, the longest time, that's the only one he would watch. Like, we watched, went through them all, and then he was like, that was the only one because he wanted to watch the one with the kid in it.
1: Yeah, maybe I should maybe I should throw it in throw it in again so if he wants to watch it, you know, watch it now. Um, you know, I know there's so many so many like you know, films and and uh TV, TV series like with Star Wars now. Like huh. is is Clone Wars would be a good one for him to watch or is there a different like Yeah. Is there, is there Lego Star Wars, like a series of Lego Star Wars? Uh? Not
0: that I'm aware of. No? Yeah. There's Clone Wars and Rebels and uh, Bad Batch. I wouldn't watch Bad Batch until after you finish Clone Wars. Um, But yeah, Rebels or Clone Wars is definitely pretty cool. Okay. Okay. Show, okay show-wise. Okay. Yeah, as far as shows go. um, And there's usually like a... I don't know. Again, if, if that's something you're interested in, there's some good conversation points in, in Clone Wars especially. Like, in the very first episode, the, the clones, uh, some of the clone troopers make a comment to Yoda, and they're like, well, our lives don't matter. We're just clones. And Yoda's like, you have life. You matter. And even if you didn't, you would still matter. You know? And so it's kind of a cool...
1: Yeah, I think I started watching that on my own, and I remember watching, watching that episode.
0: The animation in season one and somewhat into season two is difficult to watch sometimes. Really? Like, it's, <laughs> it's really stiff. Um, and it gets better. It gets way better as you go. It's not as bad as watching season one of The Simpsons. Oh. (laughs) Uh, Well, is it is this like stiff because it was like earlier
1: earlier ish like CGI animation or Yeah. Like and they're all just like I am a a naturally smooth surface looking human.
0: Yeah. I I mean Yeah, it's uh So like when you watch anime, it's drawn, right? Or Right. Yeah. And and there's like movement in their hair. And in their clothes, but in the Clone Wars, there's n- almost just none of that. Solid, it, they're just solid, and it's, it's like Mister Roboto. A ah. bit. and it's fine. It's watchable. I liked it. It just you gotta like go in with the right mindset as an adult, especially because.
1: Well, so you so you say that, and I like I remember I don't know it was probably a couple years ago that I, I watched a few episodes of that, and I'm like I didn't really I didn't really like notice that, like it didn't or I didn't like. I didn't see it and be like, well, that's weird. Okay, whatever. You know, I was just like, yeah, okay. That's good. Maybe, I, I don't know, I just didn't have any, like, expectations of it. So I'm like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Um. Yeah, so we spent a lot of time talking about something Uh. not what we intended to talk about tonight. Do we want to spend some time talking about Lord Brocktree?
0: Yeah, so we'd uh, promised a few weeks ago that we were going to talk about, uh, do a book book talk. Um, and, then, uh, and then I got sick, and that kind of derailed some things and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, so Nate and I both, uh, Nate, you were at the library and asked me for some book recommendations. I did. And, and I recommended uh, the Redwall books. Uh, so these are some books that I read when I was a kid. I was probably... Like twelve to thirteen, mm-hmm. when I read the first one, and uh, I loved it. Uh, but it is anthropomorphic, uh, talking animals uh, that go on adventures. Uh, and and I was uh, we were talking the other night when uh, at our game night, and I said that these are actually uh, a lot of people put them in like the fantasy category. They're they're more fairy tale based. Um, and I think the difference is that fantasy has, like, really tight rules for certain things, you know? Like, if you're reading, I don't know what, um, any, any fantasy series, and they break, like, their their own rules that they've built, and, like, then that becomes an issue, and people hate it, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but with the Redwall books, it's like the books typically start with like one character telling another character a story. And then what the rest of the book is the story that they're telling. And mm-hmm. it's all okay. like second. And so third they're all like that. Thing. Yeah. Most of them are, most of them are like that. Um, this one was no different. The The prologue was, uh, you know, somebody little, uh, woodland creatures telling the badge Lord that they, they, they want him to tell him a story. Um, but there's like a lot of uh i don't know kind of rich world building in the red wall books that's pretty good
1: so interesting you say that thing about like fantasy i feel like at least in this one and this was my first Redwall book i hadn't read i have not read any of the other ones um uh there's a i guess there's mention of like magic because he because the um the villain has like a magician kind of kind of but they don't there's really like no magic in the book so there's no like there's no real like you know paranormal sci-fi fantasy-ish stuff you know in that you know in the story itself i mean obviously they kind of reference there's like visions and kind of that kind of stuff but it's not
0: you know there are things in the in the Redwall series that they leave as inexplicable, I would say, uh, and they don't uh, they don't ever explain them as far as like how they work, um, which is one of the things that I think actually makes the series pretty great. So in, in Lord Brocktree, they talk about the Badger Lords going to the mountain fortress of Salamandastren and um, how the the main character Lord Brocktree. Or i should say one of the main characters in this case he feels called to them to return to the mountain um and then other books it's there's like a similar thing where there's always supposed to be a badger lord ruling in the mountain fortress um which is mm-hmm. inhabited by typically one badger and then like a ton of hares um who don't like to be called rabbits yeah. <laughs> so there's yeah. So there's that, and in other books, they they reference like the spirit of Martin the Warrior. He's kind of like the patron saint of the of the of the place called Redwall. Um, so it's kind of but and and people sometimes get like visions, um, and in this book they did like the villain got vision had had like nightmares about Lord Brocktree coming to like kill him basically and Brocktree had visions of taking over the mountain and, and different things. Oh. But that, but they, there's never any like extra explanations of like, How Oh, the you see the badger lords or yeah. magic or anything. Yeah. It's just, yeah, they happen.
1: Well, and the, so there is also like a bit of like psychedelic, I guess you call it psychedelic. Like when they, when the badger Lord, you know, on the mountain, you know, it happened twice, you know, and, you know, they go into their little secret chamber uh-huh. you know, off their room, and then they, they start burning, like, incense, and they basically, like, zone out and have whatever, vision quest or something. <laughs>
0: yeah. As an, adult, you know? as an adult, I reading that, I was like, ah, so he, like, went to his secret room and got high. Yeah, basically.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, that...
0: yes. And, and, okay, so
1: they literally have the bodies of the previous badger lords in the chamber some of them are entombed there yeah
0: it's, but they're it's not like just a... like
1: they're not just like slouched against the wall or something right no. they're like obviously some of them are missing because they you know perhaps they fell in battle or something and so they weren't you know able to to be mm-hmm. laid to rest there um yeah that was yeah that's that's there was, okay, so there was a lot of cool stuff in the book, and, um you know, it's, we talked about this again, you know, at our game night last week, you know, it's it'd be a great, like, if I would have, if I would have read these when I was a kid, I think I would have really, really enjoyed them, and I, and, you know, reading these to your children, I think would be really fun, because there's so much, um, uh, is it, uh,
0: is it Jacques, Brian, Jock. Brian Brian Jakes Jakes it's spelled um, J A C Q U E S but he's uh, Scottish so it's Brian just,
1: Jakes just cues Jake yeah. yeah so I mean he you know writes the way that he writes the dialogue is just awesome um, although I will say you know I found myself when I was reading and I was like I would read it out loud because I'm like this is fun this is you know he's get all mm-hmm. these accents and stuff but then. Some of it, though, like the mole speak and (laughs) and uh, bucko, some of some of that stuff was just like, man, this is kind of a slog to get to read through this. I'm like, I wish they would just, wish you just write it, you know? Yeah. You know, because because some authors like, you know, they'll they'll just write it straight, and then they'll, but then they'll add on like, you know, said car, but then he's like but it came out caw, you know, or something like that. Uh-huh. You know, so then you get an idea of what their accent is like without having to read every word of the dialogue as that. So I so I went on Goodreads after, you know, after I'd read it and, and was looking at reviews and, and someone all had said, you know, oh, it's such a slog having to go through all this, like, all this, like, dialogue and they're talking weird and it's like, why, you know, this is so annoying and all this, you know, description of, of food and all this stuff. And then someone else responded and they're like, you know, they're like, you know, it's, you're not really the target audience for the, you know, for, for these books, you know, it's kind of written for, you know, for kids and, um, and, uh, you know, I kind of feel the same way because I'm like, you know, it was, it was all right. Like I thought the book was okay, but it's not really written for someone, you know, my age.
0: Yeah. So my son started reading, uh, a couple of the first books i want to say last christmas or maybe even the year before and loves them like yeah he's the perfect age um these were kind of the 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 ya books before ya was a thing uh, at the library so like the the books are if you go to our local library here these books are in the kids section not in the ya in the children's but if you go to like Barnes and Noble, they're in the adult fantasy section.
1: Yeah, I kind of had trouble finding them initially at the library. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, they're over yeah. here. Okay. Um. Yeah, I uh, you know, there's so much. It's he he builds like such a such a rich you know world you know with and it's it's really awesome you know work that he does with the descriptions and like talking about. Talking about food and the dialogue and, and it's, you know, it's good. And it's like, it's just fun to read that stuff. And I get, you know, if I, you know, if you look at that through the, the eyes of a, of a child who, who is just kind of, who's learning how to read and really getting into, you know, reading on their own, reading, you know, bigger, longer books. I mean, mm-hmm. that it's like, it's like a feast for your, for your eyes and your brain, you know, to, to, to kind of
0: process all that so yeah so this was less than 400 pages um and uh, i don't know if you know this but and i'm sure some of our listeners don't either but his the first book that he wrote which was Redwall, he wrote it for his uh he, he basically he volunteered at this place called the royal wave tree school for the blind and he started writing this story because he just he started telling the blind kids story like random stories about animals Mm -hmm. and he would do accents and stuff from different regions of europe because again scottish he was in england uh and so he would draw from european accents to to flow into those so when you start pegging down which species has what accent it makes it a little easier to say them and that's why there's so many descriptions of food and the forest Mm -hmm. and and the things that are not always visual based uh descriptions they have you know smells taste um temperature and and different things not just the visual sensations so that's Mm -hmm. how that's how these books started um so like as an adult when i started figuring that out and i did some research on uh brian jakes and after learning that i was like holy moly that that explains so much of why there's so many Mm -hmm. intense descriptions in these books
1: yeah, and you know, you mentioned that I'm. I'm pretty sure that's what the review, like the response to the review that I was reading. I think you know that's that's what you know they they put that story out there, and like that's why he, you know, writes it that way. Yeah. So, um, and that's that's really awesome to hear. You know, to hear that that's, um, and it, and it does definitely kind of make you have a have a. a you know, more of an appreciation, you know, for it other than just being like, Oh, it was too much. I didn't like it. Right. <laughs> I I too many accents. I didn't like all the food descriptions, whatever. You're like, Oh, okay. I get it now. So yeah, yeah.
0: it's like, I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I think I would have in hindsight, I would have recommended a different one to start with. Um, sure. Th- honestly, I've read, I've read most of the Redwall books, uh, lord Brocktree's. it has a lot of cool characters in it but it's it just i don't know it didn't hit the mark for me as far as redwall books go there's like too many characters and too many side quests and too many yeah they're like, words converging. Just... and it made it hard to follow on top of uh if you're unfamiliar with the animal accents making it even harder to kind of keep up with who's who yeah uh,
1: definitely there was at least like man how many different like
0: side quests were there like okay so it's like well because it started with uh so you start at the mountain with the right. previous badge of lord uh lord stonepaw i believe yes and that's and him. then it switches to the invading vermin horde so that's yep so that's two so that's two and then it switches to dotty for a bit by herself right and then and then she meets up with Lord Brocktree, so that's and rough right and then they meet up with like rough and then when salamander string gets invaded uh one of the hairs escapes and so that's five four meets, is it five or f- four or five <laughs> yeah see I'm counting'm so counting,
1: counting Dotty Brocktree and rough as as one as one okay so yeah so that one that hair um is that stiffener
0: stiffer yeah stiff. So man.
1: he meets up with the the, uh, the squirrels. Squ- yeah, the the scrounging S- squirrels, squirrels, stealing, looting. He takes issue with that, and then like the yeah, the leader of the squirrels is just a little too intense. I feel she The leader of the squirrels
0: like, has like a puritan, juka. like she because she yeah. uses like the and thine, and like hold thy tongue's hair and. Yeah, and she's all yeah. She's like, "Don't say bad words." <laughs> oh yeah, there's a. She has one of her crews like apparently is mouthing off, and she's like, "Hold thy tongue, goat." Yeah. yeah. Uh, um. Okay. So it's that's so there's yeah. four or five plot uh, threads that come together. Or well, and, the, and then these
1: these existing parties meet other parties. Yeah. And. Log a log. Yeah, it's and. Uh, Gosh, who's so log So yeah, it like, gets kind of confusing. Like log a log, and then there's the 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 hedgehogs. Like yes. who's like the king, the hedgehog leader? Not a king, I guess. Um, his wife that clips oh, yeah. his
0: clips, <laughs> clips his... his head spikes. Yeah, <laughs> like do those not grow back. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta. Yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting the way that they have the animals, uh, which I actually like. Each animal has like its own culture if you will yep. um and, and then that way it's very fairytale like where um rats and stoats weasels foxes those are always bad guys like that's just how it is they're bad so guys. there's
1: never a good weasel or a good fox or a good stoat
0: in so in one of the books there is but he's like mentally slow oh So it's, you can kind of take, so is he like ostracized by the, the other bad whatever's and, and then he's, uh, he's not allowed to live with the other creatures, um, but he lives, but, but he has dealings with them and they kind of take care of him and stuff in one of the books. Oh, okay.
1: Um, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you said you, you probably would have recommended a different book, you know, me being like, you know, overly ambitious uh especially in like reading as y- as you well know um i'm like you know what i'm gonna start at i'm gonna start like chronologically i'm gonna do it chronologically i'm gonna start at the very beginning and i'm just gonna plow through every single one so i'm like which one is the one chronologically that's first and i'm like oh it says brock tree i'm like okay i'll start with that so yeah that's what i did
0: they're in and- yeah there's there's other ones i so the book i started with is just called salamada Salamandastron. um and that one's interesting to read now because it has to do with like uh, a sickness that's going around the mountain so in our current time of ah, viruses maybe i should have read pretty, that one very poignant i would highly recommend for anybody who's thinks this book sounds this series sounds interesting and they are really good um i would i would highly recommend starting with red wall or Mossflower. Uh Mossflower is one of my favorites. Okay. The, okay. The the characters are uh the richness of the characters are turned up to 11 in my opinion. But it's Mossflower. Yeah. Um which I have if you'd like to if you'd like to borrow that sometime Nate. I'll, I'll right. hook you up. Um I promise not yeah. to lose it.
1: Mm. I don't want to talk <laughs> about it. Maybe you should start taking deposit.
0: Like, okay, I should, I should. give me you your money. <sighs> yeah, but overall, it's not it's not a bad representation. It's just not the best either. Um, it's like I said, it's it's not my favorite. It's not really up there with my favorites. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's
1: a lot, and it's like I, you know, Brocktree was was written
0: pretty. I guess he's is this guy still alive? Brian Jakes? He? Yeah. No, he died... Uh, man. Well, he died uh, 2011. Because,
1: yeah, I was going to say, like, this one... I mean, he's he wrote a lot. There's a lot of books in this series. And, I mean, mm-hmm. like, Redwall was written in 86. Brocktree was written in 2000. So, I mean... I, yeah. I don't know if you want to say, like, you know... It, he was more in his prime back in the... You know, earlier than, than in 2000. Because, like, he wrote until... Brocktree wasn't the last. I mean, he wrote one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine more before he died.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I, you know, I I I'd be willing to give it another shot. You know, if there's you know, moss Flower, if you if you're saying that one's one of your faves, I'll, I'll check
0: that one out. It is much better. Yeah. It's uh, and and it's great because that one is about so much of the books have to do with Redwall proper. Uh, which is a location okay. in Mossflower Woods. Um, it has a lot to do with, with Redwall and with Martin the Warrior specifically. Okay. And Mossflower introduces Martin. Um, so even though it's not the first book written, it, it mm-hmm. kind of helps in my mind. I've always liked to read Mossflower and then Redwall. Okay. Um, just because Redwall has so much influence for Martin the Warriors, it carries over, and they talk about him so much
1: Okay. So you're you're
0: selling me on this on these these earlier ones cuz I will say
1: like Brocktree it just my whole I guess my overall my impression is just kind of is just kind of meh. Like yeah. I'm just kind of like meh. Like mm-hmm. the 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 whole the overall plot, I mean, you know, the whole problem, you know, the the um, you know, the conflict, I'm just kind of like eh. It's like I mean it's like you know what's going to happen, you know, through
0: yeah, I will say that most of the books are semi-formulaic. I mean, uh, well,
1: I mean, okay, I mean, I got to, you know, I got to think about again, know. think about who the original, who the main audience is and uh, you know, he's not like he's not putting like twists and you know, shocking people with stuff probably, but um yeah. you know, I just I didn't feel like really like <sighs>
0: I wasn't really like super invested in
1: any of the characters, honestly.
0: The characters that, yeah, it just there. Well, there wasn't enough time to build that up for why you should care. Because he kept them as
1: switching much. back and forth between like eighty other
0: <laughs> characters. I think I view I view I view Lord Brackish as a book where he, where the where the author was like, okay, I've written books like this for a while. What if I had like a lot of characters in here? Um... And what if the bad guys had like the high ground and i don't know so it's fine like it's a nice yeah i guess if if you're gonna go through and like read them all uh it'd be a different it'd be a nice change of pace maybe so you know yeah it's like it's like whatever it's it's fine like
1: and again like you know we talked about there's lots of you know the the dialogue is fun and and the food descriptions are you know you know you're like oh that sounds
0: good like oh yeah. that's making me hungry um always always get hungry when i read when i read these books the food <laughs> descriptions are just stupid with how yeah. it, and it's like i don't even know if those flavors would go well together i just yeah like, i want to sit down at that table and try that like you know because he's
1: like yeah it's this uh, it's the it's the tree bark tart within with a walnut topping and and uh, a, and a and honey the, glaze or whatever
0: and yeah you're like
1: huh strawberry okay. cordial it's, you know, it's very, you know, nature-y, obviously. So, you know, because they're, you know, so you get a lot of flowers and <sighs> flowers
0: and fruits and mm-hmm. yada yada. Yeah. There's a lot of songs and poems in these books. And that's yeah. fairly mm-hmm. consistent through a lot of them. Um,
1: yeah. And- I noticed, you know, I noticed that and I'm like,
0: uh, it wasn't too bad these work really well as audiobooks because uh the author was one of was the is the narrator in a lot of them and then they do like a full multi-voice dramatized read of the of the books um, the ones that he's involved in at least and so some of those it's really fun to hear people literally singing um and doing the <laughs> accents and stuff and the way that it comes nice. off is, is really fun but I will say that the audiobooks I like audiobooks. I like good mm-hmm, audiobooks, mm-hmm. I like great audiobooks, but if anything slips below that, I don't I just return the book. Um, but these audiobooks are very much like Nebraska. They are not for everybody. Um <laughs> th- they are so <laughs> hammed up that like I had a friend who was really into audiobooks too when I worked uh at like the sub company from the call center we used to work at. And she was like, Holy moly, I was not expecting singing and like a character just belting it out. She was like, I can't I, I'm not in the proper mindset for this. I can't listen to it right now. <laughs> uh but they are really good if you can tolerate that kind of thing. Is it or, does it have
1: like a like a Broadway musical vibe to it? Like
0: Um uh, Not like quite. that kind of energy, like that kind of like well, over that the kind top? Of, that kind of energy, yes. Okay um yeah so like when in the books so the the war cry of the badgers is eulalia and is that uh, how you say it yeah eulalia. Per, per the per the author's words in the audiobooks you know so like in the audiobooks they yell like it gets loud uh and yeah it's, it's do they
1: say like blood and vinegar and blood like... and vinegar
0: eulalia.
1: yeah absolutely um i thought it was funny you know i mean yeah the uh the dotty is a is a terrible
0: singer that was pretty funny but she believes that she's a fantastic singer. yes i love well Dottie. and
1: yeah so does she does she appear in other other books or is this the only one that oh
0: man i honestly don't remember okay uh um,
1: the fatal beauty
0: the fish fa- yeah <laughs> She, Dottie is a hare who refers to herself as the, as a fatal beauty. And she's on her way to the mountain because basically her, her family can't stand her. Yeah. Uh, They like kicked her out and. Yeah. And they're like, you should go learn some manners over at Salamandas from your, from your aunt. Who's a cook. Yeah. Maybe she'll give you a job. Your aunt Blench. (laughs) Blench. Yeah. And so she (laughs) believes that she's what she refers to as a fatal beauty as as Nate mentioned. And it's, she's one of my favorite characters. I think they should have trimmed. Like a lot of stuff out and expanded on her just a little bit more.
1: Yeah, because she she I was actually was an interesting character. Like some of the other one, like like what's his name Gert.
0: I mean, he yeah. was all right. I get who's you know, a mole. The,
1: the, the wrestling mole who was a good cook
0: and so was... yeah. What's interesting is like in the in this book they talk about how he's fastidious, right? Like he's a really clean i thinking of this one. It's I had to stop. I was listening to Mossflower actually, and then we decided to read this. So some of it's like a little fuzzy for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so maybe that's actually the mole from the well,
1: other book. Anyway, who is it? There is a group in the in the in here that's like
0: really messy.
1: Is it shrews. is it the the shrews?
0: Okay. Yeah, which is and funny it kind of like. In real life, shrews are very stinky. Like that's their part of their um, uh, defense mechanism in nature, huh. and so it kind of makes sense for them to be like messy and fighting. And
1: well, doesn't it? Oh yeah, they're always fighting too, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. that kind of like shocks the the you know um, it's uh, Dottie's crew that that meets up with them, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all they're like sharing a meal with them, and they're just kind of like just leaving. Crap everywhere, food crumbs and
0: yeah. whatever spilling things. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that Brian Jakes does really well is he shows like the differences in culture, and then usually shows that when they want to, they work very well together. So like, hairs mm-hmm. are very like upper crust type of people, uh, mm-hmm. or beasts they call them sometimes, and then yeah, uh, be- no beast. The- yeah the moles are very down to earth and very sensible and the otters are really uh swashbuckling uh and then the shrews are always like messy and fighting and bickering and like that's just (laughs) uh, you know so it's 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 really fun to see some of that get layered uh into the books
1: okay all right well i will moss flower will be on the list
0: yeah, you let me know, but we could revisit that and see if uh, if you liked it better. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Because Brocktree is my is my frame of reference right now for Redwall. Yeah. So
0: Mossflower is great because it references Lord Brocktree, even though Mossflower was written in 1988 and the book Lord Brocktree is not written until 2000. The, wow. So I don't think it was all planned out like that. I think he just kind of went back and was like, I don't know, which. Who can I reference to This guy. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's great, though. Just the fact that, you know, the way that he came up with, you know, with these stories and and the the body of work that he, you know, that he
0: created is awesome. So back when we were working at our first job together, um, Hmm. like real early on, so I had to have been only man 14 or 15 at the very most Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. the the library the lincoln city libraries these books were so popular that they did like a day camp based around redwall and really yeah and the librarians would have like sometimes they'd have uh, arcs advanced reading copies and be like okay so the next book uh i think the next book at the time was loam hedge and They were like, okay, we know what the next book is going to be called. It's going to be called. And like, I remember sitting there and I was the oldest one there, like a moron. Everybody else was like five years younger than me minimum, (laughs)
1: but I wanted to check it out and it was
0: free and I was there and I took the time or whatever. And, uh, I just remember that librarian pausing. She's like, the next book will be (gasps) Lome Hedge. And everybody freaked out. It was like, and there was like 30 kids in this at this thing i mean it wow it's a pretty decent sized group for the middle of summer and so these i mean they they were definitely wildly popular uh for some people for a while
1: yeah that's cool i kind of wish you know i, I wish i would have like i don't know i mean i read a lot when i was a kid but it's like and for whatever reason i never came across these books never yeah. never read them
0: and Just you know at the time man. By the time we were uh, getting to know each other, we were at that age where, like, we didn't talk about some of the, like, kids stuff I do in air quotes um, Mm. that I was more prone to. You know, I didn't talk about these books because they were, you know, you had to go to the kids section to get them. And I was like, I was 14, man. I'm basically an adult. Yeah. There's, like, that stigma
1: of, like, it's baby stuff. I don't want to read. I don't want to. don't want people to know I'm, you know, (laughs) reading that stuff. (laughs) You know, and whatever, it's, yeah, whatever. And looking back, it's, I'm like, oh,
0: that was dumb. I should have just been like, you got to read this.
1: Yeah, this is cool, man. You got to read so it. fun. You know, you're talking about feeling like, I don't you know, maybe like embarrassed that you were old, you know, older and reading these books that maybe weren't, you know, you know, weren't geared for you. Um, you know, but then you got all these like, you know, these whatever, the cool kids that would read, that were reading Harry Potter, you know, back in, you know, in hmm. high school. And you're like, these are kids' books, but it's like they like kids and adults alike. You know, people of all ages. You know, gobbled that stuff up. So it's just kind of like, you know, like you said, you know, it's like who cares? Yeah, fun for all ages. So
0: yeah, absolutely. And there's um, so sometimes I've heard these books described, especially on Reddit. Which, by the way, if you look for Redwell on Reddit. That's a fine Reddit to find, but the main page for the Redwall books is called Eulalia. Okay. Um, so, yeah, just if, if anybody's gonna look that up, which is spelled E U L A L I A, for our listeners, do a little digging if you like. But a lot of people describe Redwall and some of the books as like a very fun sounding D and D campaign. Yes. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Lots of adventure. I mean, yeah. just from reading Brocktree, you're like, yeah, that's, they,
0: they have some adventures. So, and there's uh in the, in the, in the Reddit uh, section of uh, RPGs, a lot of people ask for like tips on how to build their own red wall campaign and different things like that. Um, Cause it's fun. Like a lot of them, some of them of the books are very like, um, they're very quest based there's a few books I can't remember which one right now I think I think Redwall they have to find like an artifact literally I mean it's like Mm -hmm. just straight up almost a, a a campaign plot and they're like they have to figure out riddles and then overcome this and then oh no this happened and they have to go and do this other thing that they didn't expect and that kind of stuff um so yeah it's very uh it's it's kind of on my list uh my back burner list for right now of of campaigns that I want to put together for GURPS and run at some point and be like, yeah, that's right. Everybody pick a woodland creature. (laughs) Um, If if you pick mole, you have to speak like a mole the whole time.
1: You'd have to have like sample clips of what we should sound like so we could practice. Um, You know, yeah, there was a little bit of like riddle or there was at least one instance of like a riddle solving. No, a couple. Mm Mm-hmm. A couple in, in Brock tree trying yeah. to get out of the cave and then trying to find bucko big bones. I think trying to find his little yank on the golden cord and you'll be greeted by something, something.
0: Yeah. It, the, the naming for all the vermin is great too. Rip Fang, rip fang, do my, um, yeah, that kind of stuff. It's all that kind of, uh, I don't know.
1: I feel like speaking of like Ripfang and Duma those are the brothers, right? Are uh-huh. they were they brothers? Yeah. I feel like they were f- kind of fun like you know bad guys of, like they could have spent more time on those guys just stupid crap that they you know that they did and or whatever, but I don't know.
0: Yeah. I think so. I think I think Ripfang and Duma definitely could have could have had a little bit more Cause like
1: uh, time. Ungat Troon was just kind of like I don't know. Whatever. Just kind of like a uh, cookie cutter type villain. Who's a wildcat? Uh, yeah. And some of the stuff that he did was 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 kind of cool, but like wrapping, like when when uh uh Jake's would talk about him like wrapping his tail around, you know, when he was like interrogating somebody, and I don't know, just kind of a cool little feline touch yeah to some of it but i mean overall i feel like he was like
0: as as a villain is just kind of like eh, whatever yeah did they explain the acronym of uh gusham in these books the g-u-o-s-i-m yes. the guerrilla yes. union of they... shrews and Mossflower.
1: yes that's such a they, mouthful he at but. least like yeah <laughs> like spelled it out once yeah is it so there's like goit goisim or guasim like,
0: or something Gushum. ah man I can't say it right now. I'd have to go back and listen. They show up in those the the different groups show up in a lot of books too, like uh, the Otter Crews and Logalog and the the Gorilla Union of Shrews um, are all groups that show up periodically in various other books. Sometimes all at once, but no. Do the squirrels show up? Um, I don't remember the the puritan squirrels showing up uh somewhere <laughs> else. squirrels
1: that like basically tried to starve the yeah, starve they the rabbit <laughs> or not the, the hare sorry yeah they're like if thou hadst uh.
0: held thy tongue i could have bargained for yay only one bag
1: yeah i mean come on the dude is like on a quest and he gave up his food and then they're like yep well, we're not gonna feed you Screw yeah. you! <laughs> and,
0: and the amount of food that the that the that the hares eat too is absurd. Yeah, he like talked about always. that quite a bit. <laughs> they are all
1: all these other animals are are always like impressed or like shocked by
0: how much the the hares can put away. Mm-hmm. And the hares are usually ones to bring up food first. They're like, ah, oh, it's nearly lunchtime, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Now, are there are there are like dreaming of food. They're like, oh,
1: I could go for a, for one of those tots right about now. And yeah. It's like, oh. Uh, and
0: know. maybe a bit of cordial to to top it off. So so overall, like, give it a, give it. Once you give the book a rating, because, uh, yeah, just okay. Um, I would
1: say it's probably. I would give it like a like a C. Yeah. It was just, it, you know, there was cool stuff in it. You know, like obviously we've been talking about it, and it's. I think it, it helps to, you know, to 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 talk to somebody about it, just kind of go back and forth on it a little bit. Um, but it, it was still for me is just kind of a solidly kind of a meh book. I was, <laughs> I had already renewed it once from the library, and I couldn't remember if like you could only renew something once. And I was like, you know what, I just I need to power through this, finish it, so I can take it back to the library um cuz it was taking me a long time to read it and I was just like Ugh, come on um yeah so i'd say a c yeah
0: i think that's pretty fair i i love the redwall books but i think uh not Word necessarily Proxy's, his best offering yeah not not necessarily and there's you know it, it's one of those things too where the series overall um a lot of people have given the redwall books very interesting criticism in today's light but i'm always bewildered by that because i'm like he started these books in 1988 like he didn't write female characters very often as heroes um Mm -hmm. you know not that they didn't participate in battles or fights or anything like that but they were never usually the main hero um and it's like well he was an old dude he's a very like white dude yeah you want him to try and write a female lead
1: (laughs) very like traditional like stereotypical
0: type of like gender roles and Mm -hmm. but i will say in some ways you could call him a progressive because um oftentimes it's like all, all the dudes a lot of the dudes know how to cook and some of them that's their specialty so it's not yep. quite, like, completely, well, the women only bear the young and cook the food. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of swapping over, but he didn't really, he didn't have the women as, the female characters as leads, typically. Sure. Dotty. I mean, Dottie, like, she, she kind of,
1: I mean, she scrapped with, uh, you know, at the beginning, she got in some, you know, a bit of a, a fight, and she wasn't afraid to, you know, um mix it up and then also you know her whole thing with bucko um that was kind of cool um but you know talking about like stereotypical things like uh what i can't remember what his name is um i think he was an otter his mom that i was always crying yeah it's like oh don't <laughs> go talk to she'll just cry and she'll get everything all wet come now, mother. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: come now mother so do, put the
1: and they're just like talking about getting like this other, you know, they, you know, the, the hairs like all when they escape and meet up in this cave. And then all the, the other female, the hare gets with this guy's mom and they just start, you know, blubbering and crying and <laughs> just kind of like, okay, we get it. Come on. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. just like, <laughs> yeah. give it a rest,
0: man. I, I will say that that's not super common in the Redwall okay. books, like it's not like and the women started crying or anything like that. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's there okay. when it's appropriate, but it's in this book, it felt, extra. it was a
1: little over the, like, yeah. And it was just kind of like, it was kind of funny, but then you're just you're like, all right. Okay. That's enough. Come on. <laughs> yeah.
0: Actually, I think I will say too, that, uh, kind of in defense of some of these books in general, they, um, especially the books that deal with the badger lords really highlight different leadership styles um you know the the badger lords are there to although they're lord of the mountains and their word is law kind of a thing um they garner love and respect from the hares that serve them um and they and that gets yeah. talked about in the books but then like the villain the wildcat uh ruled strictly through fear and abuse yep and everyone was afraid everyone was terrified even though he was one wildcat and his the the hordes of the other you know animals that served in his horde was just there was so many of them that they could have taken him out easily but they all were just living in constant fear yeah well and as soon as like you're absolutely right you know
1: about the the leadership styles um you know as soon as like the some horde scavenging party would get You know, uh, captured or surrounded. You know, they would they would just like. They would give up Troon like you know, you know just like just like that. You know, they'd just be like, oh, like hey,
0: we're done. Please have mercy on us. We we don't even like that guy. Following orders, we was only following (laughs) orders. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas the hares and stuff, if they got captured, they were like, till the death.
1: Yeah, they're like defiant, and they're like, well, how are we gonna get out of this thing and you know get back to get back to our our friends and yeah it, um you know if if you would have just asked me like what i you know if i was if i was going to read one of these books again or not again if i was going to read one of these other books after this one uh, if you would ask me that before we talked about it i would have been like nope <laughs> just not for me but now after talking to you about it i'm like you know what
0: yeah yeah i'll do it i think if I'll you read it. if you read mossflower and you're like ah. Still was just kind of too weird for me. I'd be like, "All right, you're you're you know, that's cool. You gave it you gave it a really good a really fair shake. You gave
1: it an effort. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I I. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I I don't think it's fair to to judge the whole series just on Brocktree. Um. Yeah. Because like what we talked
0: about two with books yeah. in the series.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like you think about like a musician. You know, it's like. You know that that has put out a bunch of albums. You know, you're like you're. They're bound to have, you know, one in there that, that is either just plain isn't good, or it just it just isn't your thing. You know, mm-hmm. it, so yeah, it's doesn't mean the whole like body of work is you know is whatever is meh. You know, it's like there's there's probably some probably some bangers in there. You can check them out. So you gotta gotta be willing to go back to it. So yeah, I'll do it. All right, cool. that about does it for me at least for this episode. I don't know. you got anything else you wanna throw out there?
0: No, man as always, thanks for a great bit of conversation this evening and uh, Likewise. I'm always ex- I'm always excited when people read some certain certain books that i that I love, even if they don't like them uh because then if I read another one later and I'm like, oh man, this happened in this book. there's like a baseline of understanding where you can be like again, even if you don't like it, you're like, Yeah, I didn't like it, but I appreciate what you're saying and that part sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know.
1: Um definitely. I'm the same. And you know you know, after, you know, hanging out with our you know, with our group, um, you know, our our game group quite a bit, I'm like, it's become abundantly clear to me that I should probably watch Doctor Who. Um because I'm like you anytime you guys reference that I'm just like, uh yeah that show
0: there's a there's a police call box I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's about all I know I think you should check out the first Ecclestein episode and kind of let me know what you think about that
1: okay Ecclestein
0: so the yeah like they had the original series that debuted November 23 1963 um, and there's so like there's, there's the old series and then they kind of took a break and then restarted it kind of it's not like a full it's not a full reboot um and so the first doctor in that series is is played by um Uh, i can't remember his first name right now anyway those i yeah that that, that's definitely worth checking out i'd be interested to hear what you think um but there's those are a lot of fun okay ecclestein um yeah it's on uh uh, Doctor Who's on HBO Go or HBO Max Ooh. or whatever. So look it up on there. All right. All right, all right. All right. You know, Check if it you, out. if you're feeling like it. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: This is a show that is massive. Yes. Massive. Yes. So to dip my toes in it a bit. It is. It's a lot of fun. Okay. All right. Well, I got I got um moss flour and a bit of Doctor Who to check out. Well, all right. Um, yes, thanks for um, the conversation and, and good as always. Thanks to our listeners for checking us out for another episode. We're we're on all the the social medias and podcasts services. So give us a give us a look and give us a shout if you if you want us to talk about anything or have any comments suggestions
0: yeah there's a book series uh you wanna you want us to talk about or read or would love to hear that no promises that we'll do it but we'll try
1: (laughs) definitely we'll try all right well with that shall bid you all adieu
0: good night everybody Thank you so much for listening. You can find The Open Eclectic on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and MySpace. Want us to ramble on about something specific or have a comment on what you just heard? Send us an email at theopeneclectic at gmail.com. We now have a Ko-Fi if you feel like supporting the show. That's ko-fi.com slash theopeneclectic. Or support the show by leaving us a review. Thanks. We hope you'll join us again next time on The Open Eclectic.